0: The podcast that you're going to hear in a moment is one that I have been looking forward to recording for a while now. When Aaron and I first sat down and mapped out what types of interviews we wanted to do, I um, was starting into yoga. I've been doing yoga a little over a year, but consistently for about eight months, and it was probably within the past two months, maybe three months, that I've actually been noticing a difference in myself. And there are certain things that these yoga instructors say, and it it hits me, and it's emotional, and it throws my mind back into part of my story. It throws my, my body into a certain feeling. Sometimes I do a A pose, and I'm so relaxed, and I'm so comforted by that pose. Other times, I'll do a pose that we talk about towards the end of this podcast, and I literally have um, this feeling of utter nausea that comes um, just from up in my guts through my throat. Other times, I just cry. There was one one yoga class where we got into a pose. And I couldn't control the tears. They kept coming and they kept coming. And so I finally said something to one of the instructors. Why am I crying? And she said, because women hold their emotions in their hips. There's things going on down there. And yoga is such a connection of the mind and the body and the spirit. For me, processing my story is not just... Now I realize it wasn't, you know, at first I thought it was just writing. I'm, I write and I process. I write and I process. And so then it was, I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk. And now part of my story and part of the process is getting in tune with my body because I I truly believe that there are lots of hidden little crevices in our bodies that we store memories and emotions things we don't want to feel. So we just tuck it away, tuck it away. And yoga, there's something about it that pulls out those pieces and it brings them to the surface. And that's what causes the emotion and the feelings and the nausea. And I wanted so much to dive deep into that, one, because yoga heals me when I'm processing through my stories. But two, there's something very magical about these three women and I I'm very anxious to hear their story how they came together and the way they work with each other and what they've done for our community is amazing Um, to the point that I am compelled to write about it in my blogs I'm compelled to start my morning there as often as I can be sometimes the busyness of life and work, make it such where I cannot be in that yoga studio every morning. But man, I want to be there. I want to be in that yoga studio. I want to hear their voice. I want to be instructed through the moves. And I want to be a part of this community, this tribe that they are creating, that I'm not sure they understand how vital it has become to my life. And I I really feel like to the lives of the other women in the studio, it's just woven in our day. I first took yoga right after my daughter was born and it was really hard and I quit. To be honest with you, when I look back on it now, I really wasn't sure what the point of it was. I thought it was just a slower exercise. And then when the ladies opened this yoga studio, it's been about a year I got back into it, and I was obviously older, more mature, more wiser, so I knew that there was a little bit more to yoga than just slow exercise, that if I tapped into it, there was something something soothing and healing and mystical about it, so I hope you enjoy this podcast. If you're a fellow yogi... Um, I would love to hear your experiences with yoga, how it's healed you. If you are not a yogi and maybe a little skeptical about it, then please listen. It's fascinating to, to learn about this practice. I mean, it's just – I asked the ladies to end the podcast with finishing this sentence. Yoga is. And to me, the end of that is – that to finish that sentence is – Yoga is life. Thanks for listening And these are the ladies of Trinity Yoga and um, the, the owners. And so I want to just jump in. What I really want to make sure we hit on today is just the, the healing power of yoga and just that magic ingredient. Uh, But I want to, first of all, get um, an understanding of how you ladies came together and what made you decide to open a yoga studio.
1: Okay, well, I'll start. Um, So my yoga practice um, was very sporadic uh, for a long time, maybe around 2010, I don't know. I started going to Sumit's Hot Yoga in Fort Worth and um, I ran into Christy and we we had some mutual friends, but we weren't super close, and, uh, we got to be closer doing crushing yoga together, and she asked me one day in the locker room, she's like, Leanne, there's this really cool festival in Fort Worth, it's called Wanderlust, and it's all yoga for a weekend, and Austin, or Austin, Austin, I'm sorry, because Austin was the first yeah, one we went to, yeah, in Austin, and, um, so so we went and we took another friend so it was the three of us and we had an absolute ball and i just remember thinking i had no clue that yoga encompassed so much more than just the physical poses it never even occurred to me and i think it also i also started to realize how little i knew because i was kind of one of those yogis that I probably started going because I wanted to look good. I wanted to lose a little weight, firm up, whatever. And I was kind of maybe getting a little, I don't know. I was feeling experienced in hot yoga. Yes. <laughs> and when I went to that festival, I just remember thinking, whoa, like, I don't have a clue. This is uh-huh. this is beyond. And, and then when we were there, um... They had a bunch of
2: kombucha stations and different things set up. So we were drinking kombucha (laughs) with this random lady, because everybody's friends with everybody at yoga festivals. (laughs) And uh, she was about our age, and she asked if we were teachers, and we said no, we just practiced. She's like, y'all should be teachers. Y'all should go get certified. It's life-changing. You'll never regret it. And that was years ago, and we were still like, no, we're too old. We have young kids. We have this Mm -hmm. and that. So we just kept practicing together, and we and going to some festivals yeah. here and there, and, and didn't give it much thought years yeah. ago.
1: And then we started going to the Sanctuary Yoga Room in Fort Worth, and Rebecca Butler started advertising uh, yoga teacher, a 200-hour yoga teacher training, and Christy and I basically talked each other into doing we it. We made each other do it. We did. Pretty much.
2: <laughs> and then we would, see. I would see Holly at... I jumped all over studios I went all over the place and I would see Holly randomly and I'd met her in passing in Alito because she's pretty new to Alito several years ago and I was actually at the sanctuary room when Holly was turning her application in I was like you're doing that and she's like yes and then I called Leanne I was like We've got to do it. Holly from Alito's doing it. We've got to get on here before it sells out. So we pretty much did it like the same day Holly did. Mm-hmm. We got online
3: and did everything. Mm-hmm. And I forced myself to do it that day because I knew if I didn't, that I probably would talk myself out of it. So mm-hmm. it was kind of neat that I saw Christy that day because mm-hmm. she was like, I think I'm going to do it. And she mentioned Leanne, who I didn't know was going to do it. So I was like, okay, this was meant to be. And mm-hmm. I was supposed to turn it in today yeah.
1: and yeah. see Christy
3: that day. So.
1: Yeah, to divine
2: intervention. Yeah. And initially, I don't know about Leanne and Holly, but I did the training thinking I'm never going to teach because I had a fear of being in front of people <laughs> and of just putting myself out there. Yeah. I always was, just felt like, okay, I can't throw stuff out there in front of people. I can't leave people in a class. And I just had this fear. Even like the first time we did like a minute of teaching, I remember my stomach was just like rolling and <laughs> boiling. And then about halfway through, I started to make the shift. It's like, you know what, I think I can teach. And then we all started getting together and talking, and we were like, maybe we should think about teaching in Alito, or there's nowhere to teach in Alito. So maybe we should think about opening our own studio (laughs) Mm -hmm. then, because there's nowhere to teach, and we don't want to drive to Fort Worth and teach.
1: I think the bug just, I mean, for me, the bug just kind of hit me, like... I'm learning all this stuff, I'm, I'm becoming aware of so much, and there's no way that I can't not share it. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like Alito needed this mm-hmm. so badly. And I had, none of us, I don't think, had a clue of what this would look like, how, how that would come to pass, or if we would be teaching in a church basement, you know, a neighbor's basement in the city park, Uh, we didn't have a We just wanted to share. We just wanted to share it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we did. And so we looked and looked and looked and looked and we tossed around a lot of ideas.
3: And the path it took was little baby steps at a time, which I think was a good pace for all of us. Mm -hmm. We didn't have this grand plan and things (laughs) just kept, if something fell through, then something else would come up. And so I, I, every time got in that uncomfortable position of gosh, what are we doing? Can we really do this? Yeah. Something would just kinda it, happen and kinda mm-hmm. keep us going. So I, I love the path it took. Yeah. It really was out of our control, but it kept moving
1: mm-hmm. forward. When one door would close, mm-hmm. another would open. For sure. Yeah. We got really frustrated at one point. We thought we had some arrangements made and then it just didn't feel like right. it just didn't feel right. And those plans uh, just sort of disintegrated and there was a point and where we were, put a lot of effort in those We put playoffs. a lot of effort up until that point, and we were all just so disappointed. And then, but then Holly, I think, I think in a
3: 48 hour period, <laughs> I think it always was like we were mourning that loss, and yes. okay, let's reconvene in a couple days. And then, and this a new opportunity up opened for up. For yeah. up, so we, yeah. we gave it, that we, we kind
1: of yeah. gave up on it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we just we were just kind of at a loss, like mm-hmm. we, we just kind of said, okay, it. God, like if this is meant to be, mm-hmm. and then Holly, you're right. Yeah, we Christy and I were at um, another
3: little a little little training, training. Mm -hmm. and you know I was I was grieving like okay maybe this wasn't meant to be and trying to release it and opening space for something new, and my husband had called me and said oh my gosh you know that little strip um, historic district in Alito there's a sign that says for rent like it just went up Sunday morning Sunday morning and so (laughs) he was like I think y'all should jump on that and so we were like. So we like started making calls and, and got so excited and I mean met with
0: the, the owner that like that
3: night <laughs> and it, so it all happened really fast where yeah. I think again the way that happened was good because we didn't have much time to think on it we just right. needed to act it so go fast. I think that that was another way of mm-hmm. the universe just kind of okay you only need to do this quickly
1: and yeah. here it is. <sighs> if you don't pounce on it uh-huh. it's going to be gone. Yeah. And of course we thought the space was perfect. Yes. <laughs>
0: I love it because the, the process feels very yoga-y. I mean yeah. it really yeah. it, it does. It was very
2: organic, in organic. Yeah. Intervention in the universe and the God, everything. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It was that like was we good. put everything into it, we gave all we could, we gave it up to God.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Ah, and then it happened. <laughs> it happens. Oh, okay, so cool. you were like, I have we, okay. y'all felt like you had to share. You had to share. What? What about yoga? I mean what what is like the magic thing I don't
3: well I can say what draw drew me to yoga was kind of like Leanne was saying when I first started going to yoga it was more for the physical and the teacher I started off with is still a friend of mine today and I remember and I kind of laugh now thinking back and she had got her training was so excited and was doing a little studio and I said oh so can I lose weight doing yoga and I remember she said well, I don't, I don't know if that's the way you should think about it. And now I laugh because she was being so kind and okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> but what definitely drew me in quickly was the mind-body connection and being present just during that hour. Mm-hmm. And of course, when you first start, you're not present for probably more than five minutes. You have to kind of work up to it and it takes time. And, but just noticing that, gosh, my anxiety, my being present, listening to your body and noticing the sensations going on in your body, body that's what kept me going that's kind of what got me you know addicted to yoga was more of that mm-hmm. and not necessarily the physical it was more the mind mm-hmm. yeah
1: for sure and I, th- I think yeah I think ego probably drew me to the mat to begin with mm-hmm. and I, I, I have to say too I think whatever brings you to your mat is okay like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. it, it really doesn't matter mm-hmm. because you still get the benefits you get a lot of the benefits mm-hmm. just by being on your mat it's and, well, I, I mean, too. I, I think what made me sort of stick or expanded my yoga practice was, like Holly said, the mind-body-soul connection. And it's just—it's a—it's a its a its a lifestyle. It's life It's—it's so encompassing. It encompasses every single aspect of my life now. Everything, everything—not just—it's uh, not just the physical practice. It's my relationships. It's my spirituality. It's everything. Yeah.
0: That's what I wanted to focus on. I'm like, what is it? Because I was like, I'm going to start yoga because I want to be stronger and flexible and I want to lose weight. And so I start yoga and I'm like, I have to be the most flexible person in <laughs> yeah. here, you know? And I'm like, and then I slowly realized that, because I was a runner um, and I have a heart condition and I can't do that anymore. Um, And so I always was like, running, that's such a great break. My mind just goes wherever it wants to go. But then after a while in here, I was like, I don't think about the outside world. I mean, it it is literally an hour of just Mm -hmm. learning how to think about myself. Mm -hmm. And so I just, like, what? And never mind the fact that when we get in certain poses, I just cry. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, I'm like, what, what is that? What is that? I, I just am still struggling, and so I started reading about trying to find out more about the history of yoga and <laughs> enlighten me. <laughs> the history of yoga I'm well,
1: the hist. I mean, it's eons old. I, um, do you guys know an exact date? Like, oh gosh, I 5, mean, 5,000 years, I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, maybe I think maybe you're at like a 5,000 year old practice. Mm-hmm. I th- go ahead. In- They didn't,
2: and I feel like I've come full circle with yoga. When it started, it wasn't a power yoga. It Mm -mm. wasn't all about strength. It was about connecting the mind and the spirit and the body and everything. Mm. So when I started out, I kind of did gentle yoga 20 years ago, and then I got into power yoga. So I was just like powering myself through the yoga, which is what I needed at that time. Was that just meditative state of powering through sweating of working my body hard and then I came back full circle back to the gentle and now I like the yin and I always say my class it's where the magic happens mm. and for a lot of people when you get still in these poses your monkey mind it starts to race and it starts to think about everything going on the more you practice holding those poses I feel like you stop thinking about the monkey mind and you just start focusing on your breath. And it's a shift. And it's I always say it's the magic to me. Is not the powering through and killing your body to, you know, sweat. That's good too. Yeah. But also you need the yin and the yang. You need that yin mm-hmm. yoga too, and holding those poses and getting mentally just like
1: just And the thing, yeah. that's where the, that's where like Christy said that's where the magic happens but that's what's so hard for some people to it understand because in those states of pure relaxation, that's where the healing happens mm-hmm. when you calm your nervous system that's when your body kicks in and it can naturally heal you you shut off that that fight and flight mm-hmm. response then you're gonna you're gonna your body's gonna perform better so you're increasing the oxygen in your body, your muscles are able to stretch better, you're just better able to perform. I mean, that's the physical side of it, the mental side of it, too. I mean, there's healing emotionally, there's healing physically, we hold, I think a lot of it is the energy flow, too. We're releasing so much, we hold energy in our bodies, we hold emotions Mm -hmm. in the tissues of our bodies, and when we can, get into that and release and keep the energy flowing through the body that helps the body to heal. Mm-hmm. And, and it, helps it helps you
3: process and I know yeah. Heather just mentioned the emotional yeah. part of it and I remember first experience starting to experience that and I know um, our energy system and our chakras in our body and I know mine is my hips. That The hips tend to make me more emotional when I'm opening my hips. and. The second chakra is more about relational um, relationships and so that's where we hold like abandonment or resentment things like that that a lot of us have to process and so when you're opening your hips you're allowing those sensations you're releasing some of that energy and that energy becomes stagnant in places in our bodies and our tissues and so when you're opening and allowing that release that's part of your processing is you're processing those emotions and that's where the emotion comes from and so it's pretty powerful and I always say, I, sometimes we don't talk about that stuff in class because people are going to think, oh my gosh, what are they talking about? But when people do experience it, it's amazing. It's an amazing experience yeah. to allow yourself, like Leanne said, that healing and that processing. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: And I feel like, too, when you get to that healing point mm-hmm. and that stillness, is when you're closest to God for me, Mm -hmm. to the universe, to your divine, whatever your divine is. I feel like when you get still, and just listen. So much comes in that maybe you've closed yourself off to before when you're moving and it's hectic and crazy. So just being still, just listening. Maybe nothing comes to you. Maybe you have a big awakening, an aha moment. Maybe you get emotional or maybe you get really happy. But I feel like that stillness in yoga,
3: is, to me it's closer to God yeah. and to heaven. Mm-hmm. So. For sure. I, yeah, you feel like that, and it's that mind-body connection that like you're saying connects you to the universe, to God. And I also think that you know, someone had asked me. This was a while back about the difference between getting your adrenaline going in a sport versus mm-hmm. like your adrenaline going in mm-hmm. yoga. Oh wow! And okay. I was like, okay. So I did a little bit of reading on it. and I read this article that basically said, you know, in a sport, it's competition. It's you're trying to be the best. You're trying to this. And in yoga, you're just trying to feel those sensations. And like, mm-hmm. you have closed yourself off, and you have tried to avoid some things, and so you're you're trying to feel these sensations in your body. And for me personally, that's more difficult. I'd rather go out there and power through something, but allowing myself to feel the sensations and creating that space, that's that's more difficult for me.
1: So and there's nowhere to hide. There's nowhere to hide. You yeah. get into those poses, you sit there, and you you feel what you feel. Mm-hmm. And then you start to observe. One thing, too, that I love is you know, yoga teaches you to be more self-aware, just awareness, just mm-hmm. building awareness of yourself and everybody around you.
0: That's scary. You can put a little rag over your head, <laughs> yeah. which I tend to do, but you still are in <laughs> that yeah. very real moment. Uh-huh. very vulnerable. Very and, I,
1: and I didn't realize I needed healing. I think that was one thing that always kind of tripped me up a little bit. I was like, but I've never really had any, like, I don't think, like, major trauma in my life, I don't think, but... I don't know. Yoga's kind of made me realize, too, we're all broken in some way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: very much so. (laughs) Um, So, today, today, today's the summer solstice. I think, I don't think I Uh mentioned that, which is, and the International Day of Yoga, which is very exciting that we're doing this interview. And so, this morning in Christy's class, you did some breathing, and you had us do the light in our stomach and Mm -hmm. pull it to the heart. So. um, Then all of a sudden tears were coming out of my eyes. I could not figure out what it was. And then at the very end you were giving these affirmations and you said one that I literally like this whole part of my, I'm, I'm shaking on listeners. You can't see it, but mm. the, this, the core part of my body just started shaking and I went, Ooh, that's it. You said, so the chakra, I want you to tell, say out loud the chakra that you talked about today.
2: Yeah, so the solar plexus yes. chakra,
0: Yes. and
2: I focused on that because it's the first day of summer, longest day of the year at summer solstice, and so that it's, it's like your gut, it's kind of b- below your belly button, between your belly button and your diaphragm, but the solar plexus chakra is kind of your gut instinct, your power to choose, it's that fire in your belly, mm-hmm. and so I don't know what did I don't remember what I said you you were talking
0: about gut which I'm always like I'm a gut person I know when I know when I know and then at the very end you were giving um affirmations and you said worthy I am worthy worthy. and that right there made me shake it made me shake a whole bunch because like I make decisions on my gut but then I'm like oh I'm pretty sure that's it I'm gonna stick with it but I yeah. don't know if I deserve, you know, that yeah. what, what's coming or, yeah. um, and anytime we're in dadgum froggy pose, <laughs> oh, I my don't love frog pose. pose. That one gets me. But but it's, <laughs> and, and it's like, I want to be there, but it's vulnerable. And I start to shake, not because my muscles are fatigued, but I know emotion is coming. And when I, ha- when like you stay in that uncomfort and I'm like, Oh, here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. There. I don't know what is that. What is. What is that hip chakra? And when we say. Sh- wait, first of all, when we say chakra, what do I. What do well, I mean your chakras I say- <laughs> are your
1: are your energy centers. So you have, for simplicity's sake, there's seven, mm-hmm. right? And they line up from the uh, base of the spine up to the crown of the head. Mm-hmm. And each chakra is related to emotions, hormones, uh, organs in the body. Mm-hmm. Um, relationships, yeah, so even yeah. your organs carry
3: energy, yeah. In your body
1: and so, your it, uh, the base of the spine, it um, which which one? are you we asking about the base of the spine, that, that it, that's like your second chakra. So, that's yeah. Yeah. The, the second chakra, okay. is Well, that's your um, sacral, yeah, yeah, okay. chakra.
3: And it does chakra. create a lot of, like I was saying, that's mine yeah. that creates the most emotion for me yeah. because it does have to do with processing relationships. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of times your, it's family. Unless it's it's family, family. It could be and guilt. You're, it it how could you were raised. How you are raised. So that's even like Leanne's saying she doesn't think she's been through, but then if you're holding a lot here, then you've got some unprocessed yeah. stuff that could be from your childhood. I mean, things you don't even remember.
1: So, and, so. and even in your subconscious, mm-hmm. like I believe that these things are sometimes passed down through generations mm-hmm. through families mm-hmm.
0: you might not through even DNA, you might yeah.
1: be trying to process uh trauma maybe that your great grandmother mm-hmm. stuff <laughs> i mean wow. right? yeah yeah how about
3: blowing your mind i know yeah. right? so if your family carries like a lot of families carry yeah. themes right? yes and there could be like whether it's addiction or it's um there can be so many yeah. themes and so you can be carrying that from generations before, but because it wasn't processed, it's being carried down yeah. through those generations, and you're still having to process that. And emotion. with
2: women, it's our, it's our
3: hips.
1: Yes, We hold
2: those emotions in our hips. And so a lot of times, hip poses, like I say, they can make people really angry or really mm-hmm. happy. Yeah. So a lot of emotions come up when you They're hold crying. a pigeon
3: or a frog
2: yeah. or any of those. Yeah. And, and
3: that to me, just being a teacher, for the little time I have been, it's those are usually the hip poses are the ones you'll see a lot of people jump out of, and of like, <laughs> so they discomfort. don't want to sit with that they don't want to find their comfort with a discomfort yeah. and so their their first reaction is oh I'm gonna pop out of this
0: yeah mm-hmm. so. I'm, I'm listening to y'all and I'm thinking we just recorded a podcast with a woman that talked about generational curse mm-hmm. her grandmother went through something her mom went through something she went through something and she has to stop it before it gets to her daughter mm-hmm. so it's just it's very mm. interesting to me how mm-hmm. it just has intertwined mm-hmm.
1: it makes it so much more valuable too and I think oh, like I'm doing I'm doing this for uh <laughs> my family for my kids yeah mm-hmm. thank you <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah yeah I think that I'm a better person but definitely a better mom mm-hmm. after yoga oh yeah. for sure
1: and
2: that's what we always tell people I say it so often, people are sick of hearing it in my yoga classes. So important to take time for yourself and it's so important to just get still. Just get still a couple of minutes every day because it makes you a better mom, it makes you a better wife, friend, daughter, everything. Taking care of yourself first. And yeah. then it enables you to take care and spread that love and take care mm-hmm. of other people.
1: And the physical stuff will come. Like, yeah. we're not saying that, you know, it's, it is great physically. Oh, it, is. it improves, yeah. like, I mean, your balance and your muscle strength and flexibility and endurance. Mm-hmm. I mean, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's like the icing on the cake.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: And don't feel guilty. Don't feel guilty about taking
3: care of yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. We have to take care of ourselves. Yeah. And I feel like too, you when know, we're talking about the physical part of it, that doing physical stuff my whole life, it's funny how I felt like yoga physically changed my body once I allowed the mental part in. Yes. And so I think it's yes. it's almost like your body's accepting it and you're soaking it in and then you start to see the difference physically in your body. And I always that's always amazed me that how those two are connected. That's Will you, big.
0: Rip, say that again.
3: The, when I was doing yoga at first, I mean, and I wasn't taking in all the mental, I, I was doing it, but I wasn't noticing the physical changes in my body, I'll be honest, and I was powering through it. So I was kind of like, why am I not saying this? Then when I really started to let the mental soak in and the connection between the mind, body, and spirit, I started to notice the physical changes in my body. Mm-hmm. So it was like your body's accepting it, you're taking it in, you're creating all that space
1: for all this to When you in. back off mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then the change happens. Yeah. Oh.
0: oh, that's huge. <laughs> that happened for yeah. me too. I love
1: the way you said it,
0: though. Well, that that actually leads into my next question. Like, what is either, if you don't mind sharing, um, the best healing, the the biggest healing that you've either experienced or you've witnessed with your students?
3: Um, for myself, was self acceptance. Mm. Was I'll get emotional talking about it, but just that not feeling worthy and. I don't think that's something that comes overnight and that's something I'm still always working on in my yoga practice is that accepting myself and being kind to myself and that's brought a whole nother level of that for me and it continues to and I, I, it's weird because even if I go a while without my personal practice I'll start to feel that creeping in that you're not worthy you're not worthy mm-hmm. and then when I go I get fed that fed that I, I am worthy yeah. and it's a wonderful gift, like Christy said, to give yourself that time. It's it's more than just going on your map for that hour. You're giving yourself so much more, and you need that. Everybody needs that. Yeah, yeah.
2: For me, and it kind of ties back to you know that lady saying, "Go get your, go get certified to teach." You know, you'll you'll never look back. I, I felt like that I, and I felt like my identity was staying home with my kids because I was, I quit my job a few years ago, and I was like, gosh, I don't want this to be my identity, is just being a stay-at-home mom, which is amazing, and wife and all that. And so it really took getting over the fear to go and say, you know what, I'm gonna go. And even though I'm mid-40s, I'm gonna go, and I'm gonna get certified to teach yoga, because I want to share this with people. And I was still so on the fence, and I remember my youngest daughter, Katie, kind of opened my eyes and I told this in training that I talked about it so much that she's like, Mom, just do it. What are you waiting for? Just do it. And I was like, what am I waiting for? Just do it. (laughs) And just getting over that fear Mm -hmm. of putting ourselves out there and sharing this was hard for all three of us. Yeah. Because all three of us don't really love to be in front of people (laughs) and don't like to love to be center of attention. No. It was so hard. So to me it was like facing that fear and saying, Yes, just do this. And I'm so glad we did, and yeah. we're setting good examples for our daughters oh, yeah. Yeah. and son.
0: Yes. We have a lot of daughters yes. and, <laughs> and son.
2: but yeah. just them seeing us, you know what, we're going to do something. We didn't get our degrees in yoga. We got our degrees in other stuff, but we're doing something we love, yeah. and we're sharing it. Yeah. And it's so good for them to see us doing something
3: that makes us happy
1: Yes.
2: and that we love. And I think that they're proud of us for doing it. So we're sent good examples. (laughs) We (laughs) are.
1: Usually, Sometimes mine are embarrassed. (laughs) uh, That's That's normal. But also before
2: Leanne goes, the transformation we have seen in some of our students is...
0: Say this loud.
2: Oh my gosh. The The transformation in some of our students from day one. We have some that have been with us since the beginning, never had done yoga, and they're the most loyal students in just i mean we have seen the shift in their personalities in their outlooks it is they're like amazing. Spong- they're like
1: sponges they love it yeah
2: these people that walked in the door and had never done yoga and come probably three or four times a week mm-hmm. and they just
1: and you can see it on their face you can see mm-hmm. it
2: in their skin you can see yeah. it in everything
0: yes, their skin like my skin i'm like yes look at my skin i mean yeah that is something that i'm like what's happening here detoxing is taking place i didn't mean to interrupt but yes and
2: the confidence and these these were ladies too that would come in in just all black leggings and nothing you know crazy they were just like embarrassed to like show themselves and now they're coming in with crazy (laughs) leggings on and fun yoga shirts and they don't care if their husbands are embarrassed or not they're wearing that and i'm like good for you
1: yes i mean it is like they're yes. blossomed and, then, and i've noticed awesome. too what's so cool is when their practice it affects other people in their family like i've had students tell me well i started practicing i told my mom about it she lives in timbuktu and now mm-hmm. she's practicing and my dad, I had one student tell me my dad um, had COPD and he saw me practicing yoga and he lives in a trailer and he can't get out but now he's watching yoga videos and he's doing oh, breathing exercises I and I mean for me personally my mom started practicing yoga. I mean it's just, I love that. Yes. I love that what, just by taking care of yourself, whoa, it's like affecting so many more people than just our community. Here in Alito, yes. that is
0: awesome. It is. <laughs> like, you have no idea the impact you know that you yeah. make, and so yeah. you're healing. What yes. have you witnessed? Like?
1: Oh um, well, I think the same as Christy and Holly. I mean, I think just the worthiness and overcoming fear. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I'm still dealing with that, but um, just and just coming into my uh, power, like realizing that I can make a difference, and um, yeah. Just finding my Tell voice. Tell them your quote, your favorite quote. Oh gosh. Um, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna cry. Um, okay, so my favorite quote, this, I used this at the end of our yoga teacher training for our final, we had to teach a final, like 20 minute sequence, which I, I was a nervous wreck. the all of us. <laughs> um, but the quote was, the devil whispered in my ear, you're not strong enough for the storm. And I whispered back in the devil's ear, I am the storm
0: yeah (laughs) I love that
1: and and my point was you know I realized I'm not just the storm I'm the creator of the storm I am the power behind Mm
0: -hmm. that storm like Mm -hmm. I have that
1: much power in me Mm
0: -hmm. yeah Yeah. I like that
1: yeah
0: I like that yeah gosh and you know one of the things you know, this podcast is all about recognizing we have stories and we've got to talk about them and we have to process through them. And I think that's like a huge, I I don't think, I know. It's a huge part of yoga. Yoga is a huge part of that because it helps me process the stories and like just the breathing today and I'm like shaky and here I am telling girls, you need to be worthy. And then you saying that one line made my core just shake. Mm -hmm. You know, you just... It's always a work in progress. And I I just, Mm -hmm. I think yoga helps people process their stories and figure out where there's still pain and and weakness that Mm -hmm. you just, and you do, you have to stay with the pain and the weakness in order to... Mm -hmm.
1: We're so used to numbing out. We have so many, you know, and I still do it. You know, caffeine, Mm -hmm. coffee, online shopping, drinking, um, to-do lists, like all that we're so used to numbing out and not... It's scary. Mm-hmm. It's scary to face those emotions sometimes and to sit with it, but yeah. it forces you. Okay. The good side is after practice, you like kind of float out on a cloud and yes. like, you know, yeah. you're like, oh, that was so amazing. And yeah. that's why we and you, Heather,
2: we have a passion for bringing yoga to young girls mm-hmm. and boys too. But I feel like the girls really need it. Mm-hmm. You know, we teach at the middle school and. Not all of them get it. Some of them (laughs) chatted away the whole time, but when you look out and you see the girls getting it and you see them getting in touch with their mental and actually relaxing and just laying there still on their mats, even though they want to be fidgeting and stuff, I feel like I wish I had known the gift Mm -hmm. of yoga Mm -hmm. at that age. Mm -hmm. So if we can bring it to some of these young girls, it can change their lives. Just start at that young age to feel like they're worthy feel like they're enough, mm-hmm. know they've got the power to choose and know they don't need to, like I said this morning, don't dim your light for anybody. Shine that light bright. And
1: what does that mean? You know, like yeah. what does that really mean? Like you, I think you hear that term a lot now. Mm-hmm. It's like a Pinterest thing. Yeah. yeah. But, but I think
3: we're raising the kids in this society that's so fast and so quick and immediate mm-hmm. everything. And I think that. They need that they need that little centering that piece that slowing down that experiencing that moment because they're not being taught that so Mm-mm. they're being taught the opposite and right success is met ma- you know measured by this and this and mm-hmm. um, yeah success is great but we also need the self-awareness and the calm and the peace
1: mm-hmm.
2: yes. yes and then like I love the stories of like you know I'd have a middle school girl come up one week and she said I used the yoga breathing that you taught me. Mm-hmm. I had a gymnastics meet and I was so stressed out and I used the alternate nostril breathing that you taught me. <laughs> and so I'm, in, I'm like, that's like what it's about. They're taking stuff away from this and they're using it.
0: That's a life lesson. That's it's so a cool. life
2: lesson. Yeah. And with my kids, I'm always saying, oh my gosh, deep breathe, deep breathing, yes. when you're nervous. And when I see them playing their sports and I actually see them take a big inhale mm-hmm. and, and let it go, I'm like, They're listening, they're breathing, (laughs) breathing, oh my gosh. That's to me the most important part of Mm -hmm. yoga is the breathing. Mm -hmm. For sure, yeah, for sure. Just settling that breath down.
3: It's more important than the poses. It really is. So that's important and I try to mention that as much as I can that Mm -hmm. if you need to not do the poses for a little bit and go the child's pose, a lot of times people think it's for the physical but it's also just to get your breath back and, and into your
0: natural rhythm of your breath. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: I, that's one thing I've noticed is I can inhale, but I can't figure out how to exhale, which is And see, yeah.
1: I have trouble inhaling, uh-huh. but I can do a long exhale. <laughs> <laughs> and the
2: exhales are calming. Yes. That's uh-huh. really but grounded, I had to learn how calming. to
1: slow my inhale, uh-huh. which I'm still working on. Mm-hmm. I'll be like mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's so many different ways to breathe. <laughs> so just, just for fun, what's
0: your favorite yoga pose? If there is one, can you
1: find one? I'm starting to love pigeon. I used to hate it. Christy's yay! like, yay. <laughs> I used to hate pigeon, but I love that. I don't know. It varies. Yeah. I like Mine's, the restorative pigeon. stuff. Pigeon's Mine's right. pigeon, too, and it was funny because it was
3: the one I hated the most. The one both of y'all hated yeah. I When I first started yoga, could barely even get into pigeon. Like, it hurt. It does. I was like, my body. I remember saying, my body's just not made this way. I can't do this. And now I love it. Now if yep. I'm needing a quick like release, I'll just mm-hmm. plop down on the floor and do a pigeon. So that's I – th- I think – I've talked to so many people that – the pose they started off with, mm-hmm. and I think it was because I was holding on to so mm-hmm. much energy in the hip yeah. area. So Yeah. It's um, the
2: king of all hip openers, mm-hmm. hip release.
0: Mm-hmm. I love pigeon too. Yeah. And so what's the pose you least like?
2: Frog. Frog. <laughs> <laughs> I think frog for me. Frog on the wall is nice
1: though. Frog on the wall is nice. I have trouble with, I don't know, like standing twists are hard. Mm -hmm. But I'm still dealing with some sort of hip stuff. I just still have some stuck stuff I'm trying to work through. So those standing twists are challenging for me. I think mine's
3: camel yeah it's a heart opener and mm-hmm. it's um involves your fifth chakra which is your throat mm-hmm. and like finding your voice and speaking your truth yeah and I didn't put that together till our training that um and I even kind of laugh because I even have issues with reflux. okay that even through medication I'm like I still have this what's going on and I think it has to do with that fifth chakra area mm-hmm. and the throat area that sometimes I have trouble finding my voice mm-hmm. and so I think when I go into camel I feel so vulnerable and opening mm-hmm. the throat and the Hard it, it just makes it yeah
0: it's yeah, yeah. I have to find comfort in that pose because it's that was not gonna, comfortable for me. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was gonna say. I always feel nauseous mm-hmm. when I'm coming out of that pose. I just feel like oh, mm-hmm. mm. and when when you'll say we're gonna go into camel, I'm pretty sure I roll my eyes. No, no, no. <laughs> no. There's just something I just feel nauseous in that pose, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and I'm pretty sure it is a, a mental. Yeah, well, and it is that fifth chakra that mm-hmm. a lot of
2: people have trouble with. It's yeah. speaking your truth and speaking what you know Mm
3: -hmm. and a lot of times finding your voice Mm
2: -hmm. a lot of times if I start to get nervous I feel like there's something stuck Mm -hmm. in my throat like when I swallow Mm -hmm. I feel like there's knots in my throat and it's that fifth chakra like tightening up and that's when you just got to open it up and speak your truth even if it doesn't make everybody happy around (sighs) you that you speak it and being honest to yourself
0: that makes so sense. I do
2: get, I mean, I feel like I
3: can't swallow mm-hmm. when I start to get I really that, nervous too. about something. And even if it sounds awkward, it's just saying it. And that, that's yeah. what the discomfort for me is, is it might not sound very good, or I don't even really know what the words are, I'm saying are coming out, but it's speaking it, mm-hmm. no matter what that sounds like.
1: Even it's to, if it's to yourself in mm-hmm. the bathroom right. mirror. Mm-hmm. Or writing it down, or mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. way to get it out. Yeah. I
0: mm-hmm. yes. love you guys. This is so great. <laughs> okay. So, um... Last, last thing. Finish this sentence. Yoga is
1: everything. <laughs> it's a practice. It's it's you never reach perfection. I would say it's a lifelong. It's. I would oh, say it's, yoga is a journey. It's so much. It's a a journey. Definitely like a journey. It's, oh a journey. Yes. it's worth it. Mm-hmm thank y'all sure. so much
0: this was Thanks. very this was very helpful and I think there's a lot of women that are going to find this helpful so like I said yoga just um like you like I've had so many people say well yoga doesn't do what running does well it's not supposed to <laughs> it's it's you're right it brings us three your your mind your body your spirit together and people like to separate it because we think it's easier just to go through life mm-hmm. that way we you know what happened in the past is in the past and I don't need to think about it anymore. Well, we kind of do need to process some things and, and yeah. you know, um, so I appreciate y'all taking the time to do this. This is Thank great. You so much. Thank, you Thank you for having me. Yes. Thank this is you.
1: awesome.